0: This season, we're sponsored by our friends at SongTrust, the world's largest and most accessible music publishing administrator. Sign up now to join over 300,000 songwriters and collect your publishing royalties from more than 215 countries and territories. Use the promo code PUBCAST20 to sign up at 20% off your SongTrust registration. Hello, pubcasters. Welcome to this episode of the AIP National Pubcast. On this episode, we meet up with the one and only Tally, president and partner of 50 Egg Music. We get to know Tally and learn how she and her partners, Luke Combs and Jonathan Singleton, are developing Nashville's next crop of hit artists and songwriters. So we're sitting with Tally, who now currently uh, is running 50 Egg and uh, a partner in, and it's just a, a, not really a young company by now. How long has, Uh, 50 Egg been around now? A few years, but not independently, correct?
1: Right, right. Um, When we started 50 Egg, um, Jonathan and I both were at Big Machine. Um, I was in the A&R department of the record label, and he was uh, assigned to Big Machine Music as a songwriter. Um, And so we decided to start a publishing company, and uh, at the moment it was a joint venture on what we signed with Big Machine Music and we started with the signing of Luke Holmes in 2016. And then uh, 2019, January 2019, I think is the official start of the independent company that is now co-owned by Luke as well.
0: That is fantastic. So let's,
1: let's do a little backup, though, so people have,
0: because uh, I know your story, but I bet a bunch of my listeners don't. Why don't you give us the short, short version of your, your bio from then okay. to now?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Georgia, and I went to the University of Georgia. Go Dawgs, huge Bulldogs <laughs> fan. We've already talked about this. Yeah. Um, we, so I would come to Nashville every summer and intern, and the blessing in my life was that my first internship was with Buddy Killen, who is one of the people that started Tree Music, which is now Sony Tree. Um, legend, you know, he taught me all about publishing and artist development and signing. New acts, Because, I mean, once upon a time, he signed Dolly Parton and, and people like that. And so it was pretty impressive to get his take on it and his legendary perspective. So that's when I got the bug to get into publishing. Um, and so after UGA, I went to MTSU for a year. Uh, I did internships with Lyric Street Records. I did internships with Full Circle Music Publishing that turned into a job. Worked with Dave Turnbull, Walt Aldridge, Bob Regan, George Taron, Jeff Stevens, all those guys over there at the time. And we had a big run while I was there. Uh, Worked for Mike Collinsworth and Lynn Gann. And then I went to NSAI for about nine months. And at the time, you know, Bart knew I was interested in the law as well, and so um, I did a short stint there until I met Mike Molinar, uh, who was going over to Big Machine to start the publishing division, and he asked if I wanted to come on board, and I did, and so for about five and a half years, I worked in the publishing department over at Big Machine, and then I went to law school at night during that time, and after graduating and passing the bar, Scott and I got together and talked about me doing this kind of hybrid A&R position with the record label while still keeping um, the calendars of Luke and Jonathan, since they were two people that I was instrumental in signing. So we did that for a while, and then as soon as my contract was up over there, we decided to start 50 Egg on its own.
0: So going into law school, is it something you thought, I'm going to be a lawyer, or did you do it for the knowledge, or you were just kind of feeling it out? Because that's a pretty big commitment, especially while you're doing a full-time job.
1: I always had an interest in law, um, but I I never quite knew what I wanted to do with it, and you're going to laugh at this, Are you ready for this? When I was 17, my cousin lived in Nashville, and her friend was married to scott stafford yeah this is a great story so then i came up here one weekend and i think i got here on a friday and he agreed to go to lunch with me and talk to me about entertainment law and so i met him he was i think he was wearing i'm not kidding a mickey mouse sweatshirt and jeans and he walked out of the sony building because he was in house at sony at the time And we went over to Sportsman's Grill. He kind of just let me know, hey, you know, there's a lot more to being a lawyer in the entertainment business than just pushing paper, you know. And and you get to do a lot of shopping of artists, you know, to labels and you get to dig in on, you know, what their creative deal looks like. And, you know, there's a lot more to it. So he kind of was one that pushed me in the direction that I knew I kind of wanted to do it one day. And I'd also talked to Buddy at a time, and one of the quotes that will always stay with me from him is, you know, you have to be willing to go beyond where everybody else in this industry is willing to go. And so that was my way of doing that, is that if I could add one more accolade to my book, then maybe that set me apart from other people. And also, I saw how much we pay in legal bills, so I was like, hmm. I could save some money, you know. <laughs> sure. Things. And then fast forward to when I got um, appointed by the Supreme Court of Tennessee. You know, when I passed the bar and did all my licensure, uh, Scott was actually the one who had to present me to the Tennessee Supreme <laughs> <spring> Court. <laughs> you can imagine how that went. It was awesome. Wow. Full circle moment. Yeah. Dude, what? That's just amazing. So
0: the big question is, do you do all your own contracts then?
1: We don't, I, I, <laughs> I, I have, you, you know, you know, running the company, there's so much to yeah. do beyond and I love the creative. And I, I think if I was just doing contracts all day, Jonathan would lose his mind because I wasn't there, you know, doing the creative with him. But, um, no, I, I, I bet out a lot of deal points. And so it's not just me blindly sending something over to our legal department. I mean, we just, you know, if we didn't have Derek Crown over in them, of course, we've been through four attorneys now because all of them go to, to run hey, different yeah. companies, you know, which <laughs> has been amazing. That's been the, the most incredible thing to see everybody go to, you know, Big Loud as a COO, Austin Adams and Cam's now over at Sony ATV. So that's been really cool, too. But yeah, I know we would be lost without our, our mm. lawyer team. <laughs>
0: We started off at the Big Machine, you started working with Mike and really uh, getting going. And you said you're instrumental in, in bringing and Luke and, and Jonathan. Tell us a little bit of that? how that came about, that was the incubation of 50, 50 Egg coming about.
1: Like, what does that look like? So, you know, I think it's happened several times in this town. I mean, you see it a lot, the, the partnership of a publisher and a songwriter that just makes sense. And, you know, when I got to know Jonathan, it just clicked. I think it's a, it's a yin yang thing. He is so creative and, and such a special talent. I I truly believe he's going to be considered one of the greatest songwriters to ever come out of Nashville. I truly believe that. And um, I just understand him sometimes better than he understands himself, which is a blessing, you know? Um, And I can put the business to his creative, you know? So that, relationship developed really early over there and that was an incredible run and I had a lot of conversations with him early on just hey you're more than just a songwriter you you know you're more than just a songwriter and he 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 knew that but the business is daunting you know to think about starting something on your own as a songwriter being a publisher is daunting because you write songs for a living and you want to continue to be creative and write songs and not have to deal with a lot of the business. But that's where I came in and I was able to explain things and help set up things. And, and I just, I've watched him over the years just working with young artists and young writers and developing them and doing such a great job at it. And my passion was developing artists and songwriters as well. And so we just teamed up. And when I, you know, we had that conversation and, and said, Hey, let's let's try to sign somebody and one night he texted me, it was super late and he had played Ten roof Revival and there was a young guy that, you know, from uh Carolina, you know, playing and everybody was singing along and he texted me, Luke Combs, that's all he texted me. And so the next morning I looked at it and I started Googling and I said, I said, whoa, this guy's great because he was big on Vine back then. Vine was the thing, you know, and he was doing a lot of videos and and really developing a huge fan base by those videos. So he was like, I just want to meet this guy. I want to write with him. And he came in, and and we set up a write. I think that next day, uh, Jonathan had an opening, he and Randy Montana, and they wrote, Houston, we got a problem. And so... Jonathan came in and was like, man, that guy's good. And we said, you know what, he's the first signing. And so we went to Mike and talked to him about it. And we did it as a joint venture because, I mean, when you're taking a risk and signing your first artist and putting up money for advances and stuff like that. And so we were lucky that Big Machine wanted to partner with us on it, And it just took off from there. Now
0: growing as a company, so when, when you and Jonathan had this vision, um, did, did you lay out a full strategic plan and go, man, i want to sign X amount of things? Or has this been kind of an organic, like, all right, we got Luke. Luke obviously worked in spades. And um, and then you jump out. W- what was the goal from there? Like, you guys kind of go in with a hardcore strategy on how you wanted to present this or just kind of go take a leap of faith, go, let's just do it and figure it out?
1: I think it's a hybrid. I think... You know, I think the blessing of law school is that I do see boundaries and I see where the horizon ends, but I also can love and admire and appreciate the horizon out there. You know what I mean? Like I can see creative at no bounds, but then I also can see the imaginary boundaries. So I I really do think that it is a hybrid. Like we, we just took a chance and, and I'm very, very lucky that, my two business partners now are, are two of my very best friends and they happen to be two of the most talented people in our entire industry. Um, but they also trust me and I trust them back. And I think so far when all three of us are in on something, then we know it's going to work without a doubt. But we do have that trust level where somebody, if one of us brings it to the table, you know, we like to look at it and if, if it, doesn't fit what we need right now, then we'll go, you know what? Let's just write a bunch of songs with that person. Like, let's just keep them in the family, even if they're not signed here. Um, but we've been really lucky to fund, we like to say, they're singers. They're not just singers, <laughs> they are singers, because we've got somebody, and we've, we've been really proud of that. And A lot of different ways we found these artists that we work with now, and, and the writers are just incredible. And we did have kind of a map of a few writers that we knew we would love to have on board. And I think we are about there. So that's exciting too.
0: What is it that makes you willing to commit? I always say, it's usually a three to four year deal and about a hundred grand. If you sign a rider, you're going to be about a hundred grand in. Like what is your hundred grand trigger that makes you go, I got to work with this person. <laughs>
1: Well, on the writer's side, you know, I learned a lot from Mike Molinar on that and the fact that, you know, he he used to say, but did that make you feel something? That song, did it make you feel something? Did it make you laugh? Did it make you cry? Did it make you fall in love? Did it make you think of a past time? I really lean on that. Did I feel something? If it's just fluff or there's a lot of songs in the catalog that just kind of don't mean anything, then I'm just. I might not be the fit for you as a songwriter at our company, but if they do make you feel something, and like I said, it could be the Brandon Kenneys of the world that can make you laugh your ass off in a song. I, I love that. I love when people dig and, and produce songs that just, just movies, you, you know, and artists, they, they affectionately call me their mom around here. But you know, the thing about it is, is confidence goes a long way. Confidence in your craft, confidence in your abilities, and people just want to keep up with you at that point. You know, think about the Florida Georgia Line boys. You know, they heard a lot of no's too. And then the whole industry is <clears> kind to of keep up with them, you know. Um, that's what I look for in an artist is that innate confidence that you can't recreate.
0: Currently, as it stands, who all, uh, I should let you uh, give a shout out to your roster. Who all do you guys have yeah. now over at 58?
1: Yeah, so we've got our business partners, Luke and Jonathan. You know, they're just part of 50 egg in general but we have reed Isbell, who is an incredible writer versatile you know country and r&b and he's also part of the brothers hunt that they have their own you know hunting show following and and that's really building with his brother dan isbell who's a writer at sony uh ken bryant who's an incredible artist um he writes songs by himself that are better than most people in town and it's incredible to see him um write those songs every day sometimes three a day he's a freak um rob snyder one of the best humans in the entire world he runs revival you know what an a and r guy he is you know he Mm -hmm. wrote with luke before anybody would and he and channing and they got she got the best of me it's one of the first songs that luke wrote in town and and what an incredible journey that was and he's still just racking them up and like i said one of the most incredible human beings um, Shane Moner needs no introduction. He's incredible. <laughs> we share, yeah. share Shaneo with uh, Universal, and that's been such an amazing partnership with them. And he's such an incredible talent, and and so versatile to have written beautiful mess and then chilling it. You know, he's just got such a huge diverse catalog of songs. Um, Tyler Braden is an amazing artist. Um, I always call him a hybrid between Chris Daltry and Brett Young, and he is a Warner recording artist and he just had a single come out and he's doing incredibly well he was a former fireman and just an amazing human being and then miss ashlyn craft that's taking over the town she is one of the best female artists i've ever met in my entire life um has one of the best singing voices she blows all of us away jonathan will do a vocal on her and go holy shit she's good (laughs) Um, And then we've got this kid Jacob Lutt, that we found Out of North Carolina And he is one of the most Incredible singers Effortless, just smooth R&B vibes You know, reminiscent of Sam Cooke meets Justin Timberlake And he is kind of taking The world, you know On this year and just killing it And I'm so proud of him and I think it's going to be A big year for him Uh, We haven't announced Gentle Master yet and uh, we just signed her at hybrid with Daryl Franklin's company. And she is so incredible. She is country. She is 90s country in 2020 form. She is, uh, she's from the west coast. She is rodeo girl. Her voice is just pure like Pantilla's. So she's just beautiful.
0: You mentioned a couple of different things. You find your writers and artists through a variety of sources. What is it like some of your go-to sources that you, as a publisher, like to sniff out? As you said, the next yeah. thing that you need to sign.
1: Well, you know, um, it, before COVID, we had you know there would be writers' rounds and and actually revival Ten Roof Revival. I think is one of the best places to find just raw organic talent. Um, I love going to Whiskey Jam, but it's so loud in there sometimes that you can't always, you know, dig in on lyrics or whatever if you're looking for a songwriter. But Revival, it's a little bit of a quieter atmosphere and you can really dig in and and figure out if somebody's special. And so I I enjoy that. Uh, YouTube is always a good bet to find people doing covers or their originals. Uh, Jacob, we saw a video on our friend Colton's Instagram. He had just moved to town and they run sound at night together down at Whiskey Row and they just decided to sing and he just happened to sing a Stapleton song as good (laughs) as Stapleton. (laughs) So we're like, oh my God, we got to sign this guy. Um, So we found him there and then obviously Bradley is how we met um, Ashland and then Jenna I met over at Shane Miner's house. And, you know, the list goes on. Tyler Braden, we met because we have a really great relationship with Bruce Kalmak, who manages Tyler. So going back to the, the day-to-day running of a business,
0: one of the, I think it's interesting because I love the way your company's structured. And when I was brought up in the music business, one of the greatest things I thought, like at Hamstein in particular, we had a, Handful of seasoned veterans like Tom Shapiro, Tony Martin and those guys like Lee Wilson guys that were having hits But we also had these young kids Monty Criswell, Lee Miller guys that would just get in their first deals and What was pretty amazing was the mentorship that happened with those guys that helped uh, You know the older guys you're sitting around having coffee and they would hear what was going on with the young guys They hear some of their songs and then they would bring them into the room. You mentioned that that one of the things you guys do is Jonathan test drives new writers, right? And I'm sure my question would be, how involved? Which I'm, I'm I think I know the answer. Is he in the day to day helping you develop and groom these young writers you're signing?
1: He is involved as much as we need him to be, which is super helpful. You know, yeah, he he wants to write with everybody we sign. He wants to. You know, sometimes Test Drive, like you said, um, sometimes he's just a fan and warrants on the record. I I laughed at him because for the longest time he and Tyler would write, they'd write these incredible songs, but it wasn't anything that Tyler ended up cutting, you know. And he was like, man, I want to crack that code. I got to get on that record. It's not fair if I don't, right? And I said, (laughs) you'll get it. And they they ended up nailing it, he and Shane and Tyler. Um, But I just laughed because he's so excited about who we're signing. And it's some of his favorite talent in town. So it just makes it, you know, that much more, you know, special that he wants to be a part of it. So, yeah, he is involved as much as we need him to be. And he's also not as involved with things on a, for, for a reason. You know, he doesn't want to be involved in the business side of yeah. stuff. You know, they'll, they'll call him and go, hey, what's the answer to this legal question? He's like, I don't care. Why don't you call talent? You know, <laughs> um, which, you know, I they're just they're such great partners, and you know the, they see the value in, in a female, which I'm I'm excited about. I, I don't I don't wave that flag and say oh you know it's been hard for me as a female. It really hasn't. You know I've been given a lot of blessings by a lot of men in this town. You know that that listened. Uh, Scott Borchetta always listened when I had something to say. You know I worked under Allison Jones, who's an incredible female in this town and one of the best A and R people that this town's ever seen. You know and. I just, I've been really blessed. And like I said, I'm very blessed that I have two business partners that really like to listen to me. I go on a lot of segues, I've noticed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was not what you asked me, but I just totally went there. Well, you opened the door, which I I, I was going to knock on a
0: little bit because obviously you are a female and it is, that uh, it does, it does at times have its challenges. I think um, I'm a little older than you, I've done a tad longer than you have, but what I've like, a good friend of mine, Chris Lacey, and I talk about. It. I think my generation as a whole, I would hope you would feel the same. That, that you know, I've been doing this almost 30 years. That the times have changed. Like Chris is now, you know, running. She's not got she's through the tallest glass ceiling yet. And you got mm-hmm. Cindy May but Universal, and then of course you mentioned Allison, who is one of the best still A and R people. Like I said, we grew up together. And she, or she worked for Stroud same time you know my company. I've watched her just continually be the best at what she does. And I personally, haven't really looked around and thought, I don't judge people on their, their gender. I just don't. And I find females particularly to be amazing pluggers because uh, you kind of mentioned that there's a nurturing side to what y'all do naturally. Again, maybe that's, it's a sexist and I get in trouble for saying that. Then I apologize. That's not what I meant, but, but uh, you know, there's a thing that you guys do and you you listen differently. And so, but as a whole, I've watched, especially in publishing, women are dominating uh, and doing a great job and really kicking ass starting companies and, you know, you got Carla that has just destroyed it with, you know, Big Yellow Dog over there for years. Been amazing at what she does and Reed Geyer and and Rensong. But I guess the question is, you kind of touched on it. You feel like you haven't felt that to be too much of a challenge, and I would say partially because that's your personality, because people don't know Tally, She's very driven, intelligent, and you're going to listen to her. And, uh, and uh, if you can work for Mike and Borschetta and, and they listen
1: to you, then obviously you're doing something, right? <laughs> oh, thank you. I, you know, I think one of the biggest compliments I can give Borsheta is that if somebody's confident in their opinion of something, he'll listen, you know? If somebody's just saying something to be saying it, he can sniff that out. So I, I was very confident in every opinion that I had towards him, and he he did listen. And he has Sandy in that creative position over there, and, and Allison is in charge of a And and he he likes to surround himself by powerful females. Um, my best friend is the VP at Valerie over there, and she kicks ass. Um, so yeah, I. Granted, you're right. Yes. Your generation has been so much better at receiving women in a way where they put them in power positions. And and rightfully so. You know, we're multitaskers. We are nurturers by nature. No, that is not a Texas comment. If somebody says it, it That's bullshit. But we are nurturers. And and I think there's a lot of great things that come from that. And Honestly, you know, yes. Do I get a lot of people that will call Jonathan instead of me and go, hey, what's the answer to this? And he's like, I don't know. Call Tally. They'll still call him back because they want to talk to the guy. I, I promise it happens. And it's annoying. And Jonathan will laugh his ass off about it, by the way. He's like, hey, they're really doing that, aren't they? That's really strange. So it still happens, don't get me wrong, but do I feel handicapped by it in any way? No, I'm just going to keep being persistent until they realize that, yes, they can speak to me and they will get an answer. Um, So that's how I feel about that. Um, I've worked for people before that said, if you want to make more money, I'll fire the cleaning crew and you can scrub toilets since you're a girl. I've had that happen to me um, in the industry. And I think it's only made me that much stronger. So, no, I don't, I don't consider it a handicap. I consider it an asset for sure.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Podcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Podcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP National Pubcast.